Hey, Mike, I got a question for you. What's up, Sean? Do we have a website? Not only do we have a website, we're getting a new website as well. A new website? Oh, my gosh. You can find our show now at texaspodcast.fm. .fm, just like your grandpa's old radio. So here's the plan, folks. We've got a new site, texaspodcast.fm. We're going to be going live soon. You'll find the site, new look, new feel, all the same great podcasts. You don't need to update your feed. You don't need to change anything right now. But uh, just check it out. I love learning stuff. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. He was a bold and daring submarine commander who was awarded the Medal of Honor for his actions during the Second World War. This week we talk about another Texas group. This week we talk about another great Texas military hero, Samuel Dealey. But first, what is your most anticipated new Fair Food 2017 edition? Well, they all look awful to me. Um, but the Surf and Turf Tater Boat, which is apparently uh, a baked potato stuffed with uh, crab meat, looks like it's going to cause the least amount of damage to my digestive system. So I'll go with that. Hmm. Look, I think it's a cool idea. They're, uh, they're going to have an official Fair Cola available in cotton candy. Because who doesn't want to drink a big glass of cotton candy <laughs> or candied <laughs> apple? <laughs> but what is cool is they're going to use edible cups, apparently. So you can get to uh, hmm. just eat the cup. You know, that sounds kinda, uh, extremely environmentally friendly. It does, but it reminds me yeah. of how, how excited people were to get the uh, the old Taco Bells that you could you can eat the, <laughs> the bread bowl soup, Jerry. You can eat the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> you also can get it in candy apple flavor, so there you go. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Won't That's... affect my diabetes any bit. Well, <laughs> diabetes. Um, there are several things in this list of uh, new foods that look interesting to me, but I think um, my top two, I, I think I'd like to try the loaded bacon mashed potato egg rolls. Uh, that sounds like a good uh, uh, good combination of flavors there, but I think most anticipated would be this Dr. Pepper chocolate chip ice cream that they're going to have. Uh, that sounds very Texan to me. It sounds almost normal. <laughs> Is it dip fried in pig fat and slathered in Tabasco sauce? No, no. It's just really good ice cream that tastes like Dr. Pepper. Just ice cream? Well, that's boring, son. We need a tiny oh. cowboy hat out of nacho cheese, and then we deep fry it in 100% we, well, lard. Just, Stuff it with bacon. Yeah, we, just noticed right. And then we drop it off the top of the Ferris wheel. Right well, in your I mouth. Just, I just noticed right next, next to that is the Doritos bacon mozzarella cheese oh. stick, which is a giant cheese stick on a stick that's... Uh, Covered it in Doritos and deep fried. So oh my God. served food? with a special marinara and ranch sauce. Oh my God. Yeah. Food at the food at the state fair is rapidly becoming a dare by God Fury. <laughs> well, you know, they gotta at some point some point someone decided they had to have something new every year. So oh, really? uh, they keep trying to one up themselves. This is some this is some hot food talk on come and take it. Well, the most awful-looking thing has got to be the funnel cake bacon queso burger, oh. which apparently is a 
burger that's deep fried or no a burger with bacon and queso and then it's got funnel cake on either side so friends look with cheeseburgers are great queso's great bacon's great funnel cake is great but those things don't go together i'm sorry <laughs> don't mix your sweets and your savories was was the funnel cake ever broken uh, was it ever broken what's wrong with okay Whew. Surfing, turfing, tater boat, though. Yeah. yeah, great name. There you go. There you go. Samuel David Dealey was born in Dallas in 1906 of a prominent Texas family. The Dealeys were originally from Manchester, England, but moved to Texas in 1870, arriving in Galveston. Dealey's uncles, Thomas, George, and James, all got jobs at Alfred Bilo's Galveston News. There they all learned the newspaper business and were able to gain higher educations. James became a noted professor of history and ancient languages and helped pioneer the fields of political and social sciences. Thomas and George stayed in the newspaper business and obtained high positions within Bilo's statewide newspaper empire. George moved to Dallas and helped manage the new Dallas Morning News into becoming the state's premier newspaper. He eventually purchased the paper and several other publications from the Bilo family, running it with his brother James and his son Edward. The Dealeys were major civic leaders in Dallas, helping found Southern Methodist University, the city's first radio station, the Dallas Zoo, and the State Fair. They were as close to royalty as Dallas got in the early part of the 20th century. Samuel Dealey's father, for whom he was named, was the youngest Dealey brother, and he died when young Sam was six years old. His mother, Virginia, moved to Santa Monica, California, where Sam Jr. began school. He returned to Dallas and graduated from Oak Cliff, now W.H. Adamson High School. For two years, he studied at Southern Methodist University before his uncle helped him secure an appointment to represent Texas at the United States Naval Academy in the spring of 1925. Sam didn't do well as a plebe, and he bilged out for low grades during his first year. However, he worked hard to catch up academically and won reinstatement in 1926. He eventually graduated with the class of 1930. Right after graduation, he married Edwina Vater of Santa Monica and reported to his first assignment, sea duty aboard the USS Nevada, BB-36. He served on the Nevada for four years, earning a promotion to lieutenant, junior grade, before being briefly assigned to the destroyer Rathburn. In 1934, though, he was assigned to submarine school in New London, Connecticut. After completing submarine school, Dealey was given assignments on board the older submarines USS S-34 and USS S-24 and then on the newer ocean-going subs, the Nautilus and the Bass. In 1937, Dealey served as aide to the executive officer at Naval Air Station Pensacola, Florida, where he was promoted to lieutenant. In the summer of 1939, he was assigned as first officer. Uh, in the summer of 1939, he was assigned as the first officer on board the destroyer USS Reuben James, which would later be sunk by German U-boats while on convoy duty before the actual war with Germany started. In early 1941, Dealey was assigned to Experimental Division 1, and this was to support at-sea experiments off New London to prepare for the war. He commanded the old sub S-20 for two years, serving on board at the time of the United States' entry into World War II. When war broke out, Dealey's years of experience with submarines and operational planning led to his assignment as commanding officer of the new, newly constructed Gato-class submarine USS Harder. The Gato class was designed with experience gained by our British allies in their fight against Germany's submarines 
and was intended for long and arduous service within the Pacific theaters. Dealey supervised the construction of the harbor, which was commissioned on December 2, 1942. During his new boat's shakedown off the East Coast, Dealey survived a blue-on-blue attack by a Navy patrol bomber in the Caribbean, and the harder and her crew entered the Pacific in the spring of 1943. Through 1943, Dealey commanded Harder on three extended patrols in the Pacific. The first, from June 7th to July 7th, was a mixed bag. He only succeeded in damaging two merchant ships and managed to bottom his boat in the mud off the coast of Japan. However, he did succeed in crippling a Japanese seaplane carrier so bad that it had to be abandoned. After repairs in Pearl Harbor, Dealey and his crew took Harder out for a second, longer patrol. From August to September, they made nine attacks on convoys off the coast of Japan, sinking five ships, and returning to Pearl Harbor in the first week of October. At the end of October, Dealey and the Harder were ordered to join a wolf pack with two other submarines to attack Japanese shipping in preparation for the invasion of the island of Tarawa. The wolf pack had minimal success, and Dealey set off on his own to operate independently after the invasion began. In early November, Dealey made separate attacks on Japanese convoys, damaging several ships and sinking another four ships before having to return home due to engine trouble and because they were out of torpedoes. In the early part of the war, American torpedoes were notoriously unreliable, and Dealey and other subcommanders were forced to fire 10 or more torpedoes at a time in order to score just a few hits. They returned all the way to California this time in order to get new engines for the sub. In February of 1944... Dealey and the Harder returned to Pearl Harbor and set out for a fourth patrol from March to May. They were initially assigned lifeguard duty for downed U.S. aviators in the Western Caroline Islands, and on April 1st, he was sent to rescue an injured Navy pilot on a small enemy-held island just west of Folia. Under an umbrella of friendly air cover, Dealey nosed the Harder onto the beach of the reef around the island. Then, in the face of Japanese sniper fire, a rubber boat was sent to retrieve the pilot. As they were attempting to get back to the harder, a Navy float plane landed to help. It ran over the line that secured the boat to the harder, and it was cut. Another sailor on board the harder jumped into the water and swam to the beach. While Navy planes circled overhead, Japanese snipers fired on the rescuers as the men from the harder pulled the raft in. The rescue was later hailed as one of the boldest on record. After this amazing rescue... Harder continued its patrol, striking offensively. Dealey's next success was on April 13th, when Harder became the quarry of a patrolling enemy destroyer, the Ikazuchi. Harder boldly closed with the Japanese destroyer, coming within 900 yards before Dealey fired a spread of torpedoes. The destroyer sank within five minutes. Dealey's ensuing contact report quickly became faintest, expended four torpedoes and one Jap destroyer. Later in the patrol, Dealey sank a transport and then surfaced bombarded the Japanese garrison on Walea with his submarine's 4-inch deck gun. Harder ended its fourth war patrol at Fremantle, Australia on May 3, 1944. Dealey's next patrol, beginning at the end of May, was his greatest and most famous. Dealey was ordered to patrol off of the Japanese fleet anchorage at Tawatawa, an island, an island between Borneo and the Philippines. He was to retrieve some friendly guerrilla fighters from Borneo. On June 6, the same day as the Allied invasion of France at Normandy, Harder came upon an enemy convoy of three tankers and two destroyers. One destroyer detected them and attacked. Again, Dealey let the enemy destroyer close to less than 1,100 yards before firing three torpedoes, sinking the destroyer. 
Then Dealey defied convention further, pursuing the other destroyer, executing it around the other ship. He fired all six bow torpedo tubes from just 1,200 yards. All missed, and Harder plunged accidentally to 400 feet, losing contact. The next day, Dealey encountered another destroyer and attacked with three torpedoes from nearly point-blank range. He hit all three. Harder's reward was to be subjected to a two-hour depth charge by another Japanese ship. At the end of the day, by the end of the day, there were eight Japanese warships hunting him, but Dealey managed to slip away. He picked up the guerrilla force on the night of June 8th and 9th and headed back towards Australia early the next day. That night, Dealey spotted what appeared to be two more patrolling Japanese destroyers and made an undetected approach. Firing four torpedoes at the overlapping targets, he was rewarded with two hits in Tanakazi, which sank almost immediately. Dealey thought he had scored a hit and sunk another destroyer as well, but post-war records have never been able to confirm that. On June 10, 1944, Dealey sighted a large Japanese task force, three battleships, four cruisers, and their screening destroyers, but Harder was spotted by an enemy airplane, and one of the enemy escorts pressed an attack on the submarine. Dealey sent three torpedoes, quote, down the throat, and thought he had scored another kill before diving to avoid two more hours of relentless depth charging. Post-war Japanese records show he had not hit his target. Dealey returned to Australia on June 21st after an outstanding patrol that firmly established his reputation as the destroyer killer. Of great strategic importance was the ensuing decision by Japanese high command to abandon Tawi Tawi Anchorage as too exposed to enemy submarines. In a curious incident, Rear Admiral Ralph Waldo Christie, who commanded U.S. submarines at Fremantle, ordered Harder back to sea on the day she arrived, ostensibly to seek out and attack a Japanese cargo ship that carried nickel ore from the Celebes to the homeland once a month, but also to give Christie an opportunity to participate personally in a short war patrol. They failed to intercept the nickel ship and were hounded by a Japanese patrol plane. Harder returned to Darwin without incident on July 3rd, and the whole episode was treated simply as an extension of the ship's fifth patrol. During their time together, however, Admiral Christie took Dealey aside and noted his opinion that after five successful war patrols, it was time for Dealey to relinquish command and move on to other duty. He was also concerned that Dealey was starting to show the signs of strain and exhaustion, and he wanted Dealey to take a leave in order to rest. Dealey declined to step down from command, though. Due to Navy crew rotation policy, about a third of Harder's crew was going to be replaced, and Dealey felt a responsibility to break in the new men before turning the boat over to a new commanding officer. Think uh, Star Trek, the motion picture here. Ultimately, Christie agreed that Dealey could take Harder out for one more patrol, which would be her sixth. After a two-week rest, Dealey left Fremantle on August 5, 1944, commanding a three-sub Wolfpack, whose objective was to attack enemy shipping in the Philippines. The group included USS Hake and USS Haddo, which was commanded by Admiral Chester Nimitz's son. They joined USS Gattaro, USS Rutan, and USS Ray off Mindoro Island in order to attack a large Japanese convoy on August 21st. Dealey was in command as the senior officer present. That night, there was a wild melee which sent four enemies to the bottom, with all the U.S. submarines unscathed. Harder failed to score as the enemy ship sailed away from her and towards the other ships in the Wolfpack. Dealey and Nimitz, fellow Texans, then moved northward to Manila Bay, arriving at the same evening, and shortly after midnight picked up three small targets on radar. These were three small Japanese destroyer escorts. 
coordinating with Nimitz, Dealey fired bow tubes, hitting two ships, and Nimitz hit the third. At first life, both ships finished off the vessel they'd hit. The two submarines then moved northward to Luzon to rendezvous with Hake, but on the morning of the 23rd of August, Nimitz ran out of torpedoes by sinking the destroyer Azakaze. Haddo returned to base, while Harder and Hake continued their patrol. On August 24, 1944, two ships emerged from Dassault Bay, an enemy minesweeper and an old Thai destroyer. Hake, man- Hake maneuvered to attack the destroyer, but became suspicious and broke off when the destroyer turned back into the bay. Meanwhile, the Japanese minesweeper continued out, pinging continually, and Hake moved off to evade. Captain Haler, commander of the Hake, caught a last glimpse of Harder's tel- Captain Haler, commander of the Hake, caught a last glimpse of Harder's periscope at 064700 hours. At 0728, Haler heard a string of 15 depth charge explosions in the distance, and then nothing. Haler remained in the area all day and surfaced after dark to try to contact Dealey but he found no success. Over the next two weeks, Haler continued his search, but no sign of Dealey or Harder materialized. On September 10th, Nimitz returned after refueling and reloading and confirmed Dealey had not returned as Haler hoped. It became apparent the enemy minesweeper had been successful on the 24th in ending Harder's extraordinary run. Indeed, after the war, Japanese records showed an anti-submarine attack that morning off Cayman Point that resulted in oil, wood chips, and cork floating in the vicinity. Dealey's death produced waves of profound shock and grief through the entire submarine force. Harder's loss was blamed by some on fatigue, both of the crew and their commander. It also resulted in conflict between Christie and his commanders, creating controversy over the entire issue. Christie had nominated Dealey for a Medal of Honor for his 5th patrol, and Theater Commander General Douglas MacArthur had awarded Dealey the Army Distinguished Service Cross for his actions. Christie's attempt to nominate Dealey for a second Medal of Honor for the 6th Patrol, but he was blocked by MacArthur's naval commander, Admiral Thomas C. Kincaid, who argued the award of an Army Distinguished Service Cross for the Patrol precluded any Navy decoration and was sufficient recognition. This conflict led Kincaid to remove Christie from command in December 1944. Christie was posted to Washington, D.C., where he successfully lobbied to have Dealey awarded the Medal of Honor, with the support of Admiral Nimitz as well as General MacArthur. Dealey's wife, Edwina, was presented the medal on the anniversary of his death in 1945 by President Harry Truman. He was only the fourth submariner so honored at that time. For his wartime service, Commander Samuel Dealey sank 16 enemy ships with total tonnage of 54,002 tons, enough to make him number five among U.S. submarine skippers in the war and of all time. In addition to the Medal of Honor, His other awards include the Navy Cross with three gold stars, the Army Distinguished Service, and the Silver Star and Purple Heart, posthumously awarded for actions during his sixth patrol. While under his command, the USS awarded the Presidential Unit Citation for its performance in combat. Sam Dealey was survived by his wife, Edwina, and their three children. In 1951, a second USS Harder submarine was commissioned, and in 1954, a destroyer escort was named after him. The USS Dealey served until 1972 and was sold to the Uruguayan Navy, where she served until 1991. Today, there is a Sam Dealey Drive in Dallas and a plaque to him originally at Seawolf Park in Galveston. It is now located at the Science Place in Fair Park in Dallas. Well, that is a great Texan um, serviceman. Mm -hmm. He's a Navy man, and Texas claims him. Yep. 
and from a great Texas family as well. You know, when we talk about, you know, Dealey, uh, George Dealey is, of course, forever linked with our American history in that Dealey Plaza in downtown Dallas is actually named after him, not after Sam Dealey. Right. So, so, uh, <laughs> so that's why, you know, these two names are linked because they were related. Um, but I, I find it amazing that he was, he basically kind of had, you know, he flunked out of the Naval Academy his freshman year and then worked his way back. And then he had, he had a nice little career, but it wasn't particularly distinguished. You know, he wasn't an admiral by the time the war started. He just was a, you know, mid-ranked officer who had some submarine experience and, you know, was just kind of, he was just one of the guys. And actually, I read somewhere that he he almost quit three times. Every time one of his children was born, he nearly quit the Navy uh, to spend more time with his family. But he stuck with it. And in the end, he became a great war hero. You know, one of the most... Uh, experienced and capable commanders of a submarine during the war and um, then, you know, had some remarkable uh, tours of duty in his in the patrols that he had. Well, this is, yeah, yet another Texas Medal of Honor winner. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, think about it. He They, they sunk 16 enemy ships. They He probably expended... Uh, ten times as many torpedoes just to sink those ships. If they'd had if they'd had good torpedoes uh, early in the war, there there would have been a great amount of difference in the number of Japanese ships that would have sunk. Hmm. There's there's a great John Wayne movie called uh, Operation Pacific about if you believe it or not about that very issue about the issue of the torpedoes. You know, lived in Dallas however long and heard the the story of. Uh, and the whole uh, the JFK assassination and Dealey Plaza was mentioned over and over and over again, and uh, never knew who it was named after till uh, this episode. So, um, I love learning stuff. Well, if you're a, if you're a Texan, if you're a Navy man, or you've got uh, somebody in the Navy that you love, you should send them this show. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstaple.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. Keep watching the skies as texaspodcast.fm will be going live soon. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. And why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. You love this show, so get out there and help us out. Tell your friends and tell them to listen. And then go leave a review on iTunes so we can find more listeners just like you. And if you'd like to support the show financially, please visit patreon.com slash texaspodcast where you too can become a come-and-take-it Texas Ranger. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.